The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to episode 158, part one. Today is President's Day, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, yesterday uh, we put out a uh, show which featured my attempt at getting Glenda the all-powerful AI chatbot, to write a script using multiple characters on multiple topics with moderators the same way I used to do with the writers I worked with in our corporate comedy business. And Glenda failed big time, folks. That's why I wanted to show you that AI is not actually more intelligent than humans. It only comes to fruition if humans accept AI as their replacement well today is president's day uh we are moving further into the data center discussion tomorrow but i said you know what i've got to get a president on this show so i got the president of the rockefeller fan club ladies and gentlemen wide awake jim how are you today jim (laughs) good 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 (laughs) i did finish the book (laughs) yeah now 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 i know you've been uh Sending us uh, Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays, and myself all of the screenshots as you've been going along through the book. What's uh, and and I know we want to. I've reached out to um, the author, and uh, Mm because I want to see if we can get a show where you and I interview the author. Um, So, just quick synopsis on this book: What is it? Rockefellers started and control everything. (laughs) Basically. I did stop sending you and Maria. I think it was chapter six was so good. Uh, that's when I texted you guys, um, you know, look, you're just going to have to read the book. It's too good. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be screenshotting every page of the 330 pages. Um, so it's, that book, it goes through every organization that they founded, funded, or if somebody else created an organization that fit with what they wanted, they then turned around and funded them even though they didn't start it originally. And I don't know, there must be 15 to 20 different Rockefeller funds. <laughs> they've, they've funded 75 universities. Uh, the book was written in 2019. It could be more now. And basically they, they shifted the entire dialogue globally to climate change in the 1950s as they started working on this. And they have funded everybody literally everybody yeah i was telling farmer carol this um because you had sent a number of pages i mean literally just so the audience knows like all the big climate organizations that you think are fighting against 
you know, so-called climate change and fighting against the industrialists and the technologists and the big polluters and manufacturers in the end are all funded by the guys that they actually claim to be fighting, which is just, it's comical. But uh, when you go and look up everything, like if you want to read the book and you fact check the book as you go along, you can find it. On top of it, just one day Jim and I were talking on the phone. You don't have to do that. You don't have to fact check the book. He's got, I don't know, 50 pages of references. No, no, I'm just saying if, if you're curious and you go, go like you could go yeah. Google and I mean, just one day on the phone, Jim and I you were looking up. It was a couple yeah. of different separate Rockefeller investment funds. And all of a sudden you're finding what, like Apple, IBM, like every tech company on the planet. Uh, one of the, one, just one of their funds controls. Then they have the Rockefeller Foundation, the Family Foundation, the brother, the cousin, the, brother, the, the brother's uncle. fund. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they all have uh, a piece of the action. And you were saying, um, you were telling me one day that basically what they do is they take these kids that would normally be trust fund kids in a family. They bring them in, they groom them, they have to start at a low level, they work their way up and become generals in the organization uh, until they're allowed to run the big foundations or the big investment firms, right? Right. Yeah, they put them in some smaller fund, uh, family fund first to see how they do. And if they, if they make it to the top, they then they're on the board of the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, which is the biggest. Yeah. So basically, it's it's like a giant uh, crime syndicate. Basically, that's cool. So, did you <laughs> fill out an app like at the end of the book? Is there an application to fill out to go work for them, or how does this uh, how does this work? <laughs> no, I didn't find that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, Glenda no. can help. <laughs> yeah, Glenda, can you pull up the application for the Rockefeller Brothers Fund or any other Rockefeller organization? All right, Jim, so you sent me um, a couple of days ago, you said you had an idea for a show, and you had sent me an email with about 20, 25 links on it, and you said, "May uh, you have to promise me that you're not going to go look at these and start clicking on them before the show. So I did not do that. So the audience could see, like, I didn't even copy and paste this into a Google document, which I would normally do. I'm going straight off of the email here. Um, so... Hold on. Now what did I do? I closed it. So uh, we're going to go straight off the email. Well, just to set this mm -hmm. up for the audience, what's the premise? Uh, what are we doing here? And like, what's the thesis on the information we're going to review? So I started reading the first article, um, which is on the global on a $100 billion green fund, which is backed by the BIS. And uh, of course, the Rockefellers started some of that you know, year, decades ago also. Uh, well, actually, 2010, maybe. Anyways, and reading that, there were some interesting things in there, and, and I, which I clicked on, of course. Yep, that one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I clicked on the, the executive order, and then uh, I clicked on some other, I found some other organization. I found some interesting things that I had never seen or read before, but I found it so interesting that instead of going through it and printing it off and highlighting it like I usually do to send you, I thought, you know, let's just go through it live. Now, that sounds good. And then what is the, uh, like, once we get through everything, what's the um, the summary of all this stuff? What does it uh, discuss or prove? It's a grift, big time. <laughs> w which thing? The green? 
Yeah, you, you'll see. And they're, they're basically, this is the electrification of the highways is the theme. Oh, okay. This is electrification of highways. Yeah. All right. So where do you, yeah, do you we want showed to you the one uh, going across New York State, you know, from Boston to Buffalo. We talked about that before, mm-hmm. but this is like the whole, the whole U.S. Oh, and, and which by, I want to mention this too, because I had mentioned it on the show and I don't think I tied it back in. Uh, to what you had discussed here. I, I sent you a text message from my father who lives in Connecticut who's in that, uh, what's it, what's it, that carbon credit zone up in the northeast? What's it called? RGGI or something like that. Yeah, so The folks, regional gas initiative, yeah. Yeah, he just got a letter. Uh, it was about a week, week and a half ago or something like that from the electric mm-hmm. company. This is no joke, folks. His electricity just doubled they doubled the price of the kilowatt hour hour so a retired guy is going to go from having an electric bill about a because connecticut's expensive anyway 110 a month on average to about 220 a month like that boom an older guy on fixed income that's how fast it was doubled so uh i I, he was bitching about you know let's go brandon that's what he always does because he's a fox news conservative i sent him the link to that organization and project and the guy said dad this was set into stone a decade ago like uh come on you know let's go brandon but see people need to think in simple terms so that's how they see it all right that's a carbon tax system basically we went through it yeah. On one of the earlier shows. Well, it's it's all it's always great, uh, and the stuff you talk about, or I talk about, or Maria, or Mike, or anybody. To, I mean, not that we wish this upon people, but it's always great when you see real world examples of this stuff. When all of a sudden people go, "Look what happened," and we go, "That's what we were warning you was coming." You know, that's what we were telling you yeah. about. So, um, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll start with the first article then. So this is at mishtalk.com. Hmm. <laughs> All right, and then we'll pull. Right. Uh, I'll pull these up full screen. So, there we go. So the name of the article for those who are just listening: Biden administration ready to unleash a twenty-seven billion green slush fund. <laughs> it's, it's looking for a new home, and the money's looking for a home. <laughs> yeah, and this yeah. article just came out uh, about a week and a half ago on February tenth. Uh, Biden slush fund money is now looking for a home. A battle is on over who gets to waste it. Uh, are we going to go through <laughs> each of these, or how good. are we doing this? Do we, yeah, we'll go through them. Okay. <clears throat> so it's All called right. the Clean Energy Catalyzer Slush Fund. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just okay. So, like, is this all we're doing, or how do you how do you want to go yeah. about this? Yeah, can you hear me? All right, so yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so we'll just read the first paragraph, and then you can see um, people can understand. Or the two first two paragraphs. So the U.S. is getting ready to. Uh, my connection is not stable. Hang on a second. Okay, it's back. All right. Ready to unleash a twenty-seven billion dollar fund to fund projects in disadvantaged communities that cut greenhouse gas emissions and boost clean energy. The cash infusion from last year's sweeping climate and tax law is meant to drive the deployment of solar panels, heat pumps, and electric vehicles in underserved places around the nation. So this is no different than what we talked about going on um, around the world, right? Where they're, where they're going after this stuff in the southern hemisphere, the poorest nations. So they're doing the same thing 
locally in the poorest communities because they can't fight back. Yeah, same as uh, I mean, the it's political kinda, connections or capital. Yeah, right. and that was kind of established in the, uh, I mean, you know, the opportunity zone, which is just a giant scam as well. All the right. poor so areas. So they're seeking they fund, funding applications and hundreds of potential recipients are jockeying for the money. Um, the competition pits credit unions and community development institutions against national not-for-profit organizations that say it should collect much of the whole and be a clearinghouse for taxpayer dollars, making it the first ever U.S. government-minted green bank. Oh, that's fantastic. Out. And those community development banks, I dealt with fighting one of those in the city of New Haven. A lot of those are just all owned by the politicians. They're like big, giant grifts as well. Yeah. At stake of the fate of an unprecedented effort by the U.S. government to fight climate pollution and environmental injustice at the same time. <laughs> so here we go. Okay, so here's a, a, a catchphrase, okay? The $7 billion is going to the states and tribes, but the remaining twenty is available for, quote-unquote, eligible nonprofits. Of course, they're already hand-selected. <laughs> the ones funded by the rock founded by the rockefellers <laughs> to provide financial assistance to national regional state and local projects with at quote at least 40 percent of the funding put to work in low-income and disadvantaged communities that 40 percent of funding in low low-income and disadvantaged communities is going to be a catchphrase we see in other articles okay at least 40 where's the other 60 like the 30 30- <laughs> exactly which which is well that's all the smart polls probably um yeah but this that 40 percent is a catchphrase like the 30 by 30 okay so they, they're saying of the 20 at least 40 percent needs to get into the uh low income and disadvantaged communities and and it's again because i did a, a whole couple of segments on opportunity zones and went back and read all those tax breaks and how they targeted the 6.1 yeah. trillion dollars and unrealized uh, capital gains that they wanted to put to work <laughs> inside the opportunity zones which if you do further research the opportunity yep. zones were just creating the districts in which they were going to start building out the smart infrastructure and then not only are they going after the uh, yep, inner city the communities yeah, and not only are they going after the inner city communities in this one, this is the plan I was reading uh, out of Europe on the smart villages where they're wiring uh, all the smart tech and stuff out into the rural areas as well. And and we're going to be doing that here. So, that, yeah. I mean, you again, this is the international plan, like you said, where they use the IMF and things like that, and they went and targeted all of these indigenous primitive communities where they could come in, we'll make you guys first world. That just means they're going to turn you into a technocracy. That's all that means at this point. All right. Any more out of this? Yeah. Or are you, uh, there's, there's a, well, there's a quote from the Rural Community Assistance Corporation where the, they say the money, quote, will not reach low-income disadvantaged communities unless funding is provided to financial institutions with specialized expertise in serving them, end quote. And nice. that, that group is out of the uh, rural west. Yeah. Okay. So, so fund yeah. So they, they need to have financial institutions with specialized expertise in serving low income and disadvantaged communities. <laughs> so basically what replace you're saying the is term we, serving. So what you're saying is we're serving with fleecing. <laughs> right. I was gonna say, because the ones who serve those communities, we should be giving these grants to the pawn shops, the um uh payday cash loan places and the uh yeah. and the title loans uh because those are the people that are generally the financial institutions in the areas of which they're discussing here 
Yeah. So, so I love this. This is what this is Mish talking now, not the actual article. So Mish says this quote unquote green bank meme is so much BS. I hardly know where to begin. <laughs> At least half this money is sure to go to obviously absurd boondoggles. Most of the rest will be wasted in ordinary graft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And this is uh, true with every bill. We don't know who the recipients are yet, but fancy names are sure to help. Oh, this is, yeah, I have come up with mm-hmm. uh, perhaps the perfect name for a company competing for slush fund money Green Solutions Trust Fund. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So, uh, in practice, what you want- it will not be green. It certainly will not solve anything. <laughs> yeah. Right, and if there so is any trust, it will seriously be uh, misplaced. All right. So, um, <laughs> Let's go over here. We're at zerohedge.com. This article is from a few days ago. White House announces Tesla will open mm-hmm. supercharger network to expand EV access. Right. So this is obviously right behind that um, that slush fund, right? The mm-hmm. green fund. So they're saying that Tesla's going to make their uh, at least 7,500 of their charges available for all EVs by the end of 2024. And they'll have 3,500 new superchargers uh, along highway corridors and expand freedom of travel for all EVs and level two destination charging at locations like hotels and restaurants in urban and rural locations. Now, look, 3,500 seems like a big number, but when you're talking about the, 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 an area the size of the United States, that's peanuts. It's nothing. No, it's, it's 70 charging so stations this- per state. 70 additional <laughs> charging stations per state. That's what, that's all that is. Right. Yeah. That's all it is. And then of course, there's a link to this fact sheet published by the white house's website. You can click that if you want. All right. So we're going to open this up. Oh, and, and let me make that a uh, teaching go. moment there. This is what uh, Jim's talking about. And what uh, Maria Albanese always talks about is a lot of times she'll go through articles like jim did here with zero hedge and the nice thing is whether you want to use zero hedge as a source you trust them their opinion a lot of these guys do the work for you and they'll go link to the fact sheets now the fact sheets the white papers like we do here on the show and then that is the source now you could believe the white house or not believe the white house or you know take it with a grain of salt but at least you're getting it directly now from where the information actually came from yep here's the source doc right here Biden-Harris uh, administration announces new standards and major progress for a made-in-America national network of electric vehicle chargers. February 15, 2023. Made in America. I don't think these are made yep. in America, but... Uh, <clears throat> they want a no. convenient, reliable, made-in-America EV charging network so that the great American road trip can be electrified. <laughs> now what is this one these steps will help the united states meet president biden's ambitious goals to confront the climate crisis by building a national network of five hundred thousand electric vehicle chargers along america's highways and in our communities and have evs make up at least 50 percent of new car sales by 2030 now first off 500,000 and Coral Gables, which is a self 
proclaimed, marketed. They've got the latest technology, Smart City. The city there only has 21 electric vehicle chargers for a city of 75,000 people. 500,000 electric vehicle chargers. I have no idea what there are in the United States already, but that seems insane. Okay, so let's put that into context. Pull up a web browser. We're going to do this on the fly, folks. Pull up a web browser. Yeah. Search. How many gas stations are in are in the U.S.? All right, so uh, sixty uh, three thousand. As uh, oh, sorry, sixty four thousand as of twenty twenty one. Okay, each one has an average of what five or Ten. six pumps. Yeah, Maybe I would 10. say yeah. So just say like five hundred thousand yeah. pumps. And that would make sense now. Five hundred thousand okay. charging stations. <laughs> Let me well, see. Well, well, let's put that in the context, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. That was the next search. There are currently more than one hundred and sixty thousand EV chargers. It says. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's right. already. Well, if you divide by say four or five, then there's only three thousand or thirty thousand. So there's already half as many "quote unquote" stations, right? Because they don't hold the charge, <laughs> you gotta have them in more frequent locations, like fewer miles in between. Oh yeah, yeah, fewer miles in between a fill up, a recharge, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they're saying there's 160,000. Um, you know, now obviously you've seen it in some gas stations. I, I mean, I've seen some of those mega gas stations off the highway that have, you know, 24 pumps or something like that. And then they put in yeah. a row of like 10 EV chargers, you know, and all the, they take up the front row yeah. seat parking there. So they're saying right. Biden wants to get 500,000. And then what is this? EV cars make up at least 50% of new sales by 2030. Yeah, so that's seven years away, folks. Okay, we're going to get to something in a, a little bit later that's going to make this seem such BS. It's going to be so out of proportion that it'll blow your mind. How many new cars are sold a year? That's, uh, let's see, annual car sales. Uh, it can't be 66 million in the U.S. Let's see. That's worldwide. Yeah, seven, uh, 15 million. 15. 17 and a half million in 2016 was where it peaked. So 15 million. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Are sold each year. All right. No, I just wanted to know how many. So what, what they would be claiming is that by 2030, they want to have 10 million EV cars sold a year. Now, but my guess, if they move towards their plan, there won't be as many cars sold each year because they want mo the majority of us riding bicycles. So, um, <laughs> so the number right. so when, so when they say 50% of new car sales uh, by 2030 they might be talking They're about expecting a total the sales to drop <laughs> yeah they might be talking about a total of nine cars a year because they're only planning on selling 18 yeah. to us 
Yeah, right. that's, that's the thing you always have to take into consideration. They want to ban cars in all these smart cities where they're driving people, forcing people in to live in the congested smart city. They then want to ban cars and have people ride around on uh, solar-powered scooters and skateboards. Like That's the, the means of transportation inside those it, cities. In the rain. Yeah, what they're doing in, in uh, the Coral rain, Gables. In the snow, in the ice. <laughs> which by, which I'm going to do a show on Coral Gables where I'm going to call up all the different city departments and record them all because yeah. uh, I've got questions to ask. But they, they're working with a company I haven't researched yet that does free um, cab rides in an electric vehicle. It's some nationwide company. Like, it's got to be owned by the technocrats or funded by the federal government. This is why i got to check it out because who can give out free cab rides? And they're driving around in the city with electric vehicles giving out free cab rides for everybody to encourage them to get rid of their car. I'm like, okay, when you start having to do that to get people to get rid of the car, plus Coral Gables is selling off all of the city uh, public parking lots to private companies and to be turned into warehouses and data centers and stuff. So they're going to get rid of your ability mm -hmm. to park. That's how they engineer your car out of existence. So you'll end up at a point in a city like that mm -hmm. where either you have to leave or you're going to be paying like in New York City like $1,000 a month just to store your car in a private garage. That's that's how they try to do it to people. Yeah, they 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 make the things they want very convenient and the things they don't want you to do very inconvenient. Yeah, that's how you coerce people into it. Yeah. All right, so are we going to go through any more of this Biden stuff, or you want to go to the next? Uh, uh, scroll down real quick. Just scroll down. Let me just see. All right, folks, we're scrolling down. Today's actions include, uh, and it's just, I've gone through a lot of these kind of things on the show. It's so much Scroll back nonsense. up. Scroll back up. So they want on the infrastructure. No, you're going too fast. Um, there's now more than a million EVs on the road. Okay. And 130,000 public chargers. There you go. But there's that 40% again, right? Mm -hmm. Charging ports has grown at least 40%. Okay. Uh, scroll down just a little bit to the next section. The bullet points. Okay. Right. They want EVs convenient and reliable for all Americans. The Federal Highway Administration has, has outlined a plan with Build America by America Act for federally funded EV chargers. Effective immediately, all EV chargers funded through the bipartisan infrastructure law will be built in the U.S. The plan requires that effective immediately final, final assembly. Okay, so this built in America is all BS because we don't have the minerals and raw materials to build these things. That's in, that's in other parts of the world. So you have to read carefully here. The final, the plan requires that final assembly. In other words, the last screw put in place has to be in the U.S. Everything else can be overseas. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, and that's been a scam in the United States for many, many years, ever since we started exporting all of our manufacturing to China under Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger. We yeah. came up with this thing assembled in America, and even the unions, because yeah, yeah, yeah. when unions were big, you know, back in the, you know twenty years ago, you would have to have the union bug. Mm -hmm. It was a stamp on a product, basically saying that the trade union approved of it. 
and they literally bought off the unions and everything. And the union would have put a stamp on it as long as I it was I had researched this like fifteen years ago. It was as long as like ten percent of the product had been assembled in the United States, then the union would put their stamp of approval on it and basically oh, yeah. say that it was made here. It's insanity. Well, this this one says fifty five percent of the cost of all components need to be manufactured domestically. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Keep keep scrolling. Um, well, fifty five percent of the cost will be, be because when they make the rest of it in Indonesia, and they have ninety percent of the product made for a dollar twelve. Then when they make the other ten percent right. of the product for ten dollars, they're actually doing it. Uh, you know, a thousand times more. It's 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 all a scam right. operation. And who's going to enforce this? So like, this this, this says, is what I always say. If you if you actually yeah, make exactly. this, who's the police that go around and inspect how much of each product is made in each part of the world? Yeah. So this says here that EV chargers for all Americans, the the national network of EV chargers for all Americans, by supporting EV charging reliability, resiliency, equity. How does an EV charging station have equity? What does that mean? Whatever. National Network okay. of EV Chargers for All Americans by supporting EV charging reliability, resiliency, equity, and workforce development. Hmm. All right. So EV charging stations are e equitable and inclusive. How are they equitable when many Americans can't afford them? The EV cars. <laughs> Exactly. Well, don't worry. You'll be able to get an All EV right. bicycle. Right. What they need to create is like an EV skateboard that's the size of a smartphone. You just put it under your foot and it, and you stand on one <laughs> foot and it drives you down the street. Oh, man. Don't yeah, give them any ideas. The don't give them any ideas. They'll be doing that soon. Yep. EV, EV roller skates. <laughs> Yeah. EV roller skates. All right, are we going down here? They want to create, so there's a $5 billion initiative to create coast-to-coast -coast network of EV charging chargers focused on major highways. All right, keep going. Let's support the distance of long-distance trips. That's like when you were taking that trip down to Texas a few months back, and you were seeing a lot of that yeah. smart tech stuff. All 50 states are participating in the program. Well, yeah, they want the money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and that's, and that's the truth. And that's the truth of that. Because like years ago when they put the federal highway funds, you know, into place, they got all the states addicted to that. And then they started forcing them to accept common core uh, in the school systems or they wouldn't get access to the federal highway funds. I mean, this is how you coerce people into it. 